It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. Why you would punt the ball to Darren Strolls in the middle of the field, I have no idea. It is episode number 245 of the BGN Radio Podcast. As always, I am John Barchin, joined by the lovely and delicious Mr. Jack Fritz. What's going on, buddy? Is that a fat joke? Uh, it didn't intend it to be. Unbelievable. <laughs> delicious. Fat shaming. It's 2017. Uh, and uh, new to the program, not new to Eagle's Eyes and Ears from Inside the Pilot, also BleedingGreenNation.com. Also might have seen him in uh, February's edition of Playgirl. It's Mr. Sean Cottrell. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> What's up, guys? Hey, got to say, the uh, hearing what's going on Bleeding Green Nation live is pretty special. There we go. And there's uh, hopefully plenty more where that came from as uh, Sean's going to hang out with us and uh, fill in during the season and do a whole bunch of uh, funny, funky things. Uh, some news and notes real quick. So we're in a little bit of panic mode at the BGN Radio Studios. I don't know if anybody's uh, aware of this, but SoundCloud apparently only has 50 days left of being a company at all. And our hands are in, or excuse me, our prayers, and uh, to to get this out of uh, uh, out of this mess apparently is in the hands of Chance the Rapper because uh, I guess he's working on it. So just well, uh, come on, Chance, stay steady. If we end up having to move wherever you're listening to us out there, whether it is on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, where you're definitely rating, subscribing, and reviewing all of uh, the BGN Radio uh, podcasts, uh, just hang tight, and we might just have to go somewhere else and, and re-upload everything, and that would really suck for us. But uh, <laughs> Have fun with that. But, um, that would be electric. Hopefully that can get uh, get figured out here. As, uh, also, if you're listening to this, myself and Teron Davenport will be on 94 WIP from 4 to 6 on Saturday. And then uh, if you haven't checked out the BGN Radio Store, uh, gang, you're missing out because there's a lot of great T-shirts and stickers and all sorts of good stuff. Just head to BGNRadio.com, click on the store, and you will see a plethora of fun uh, Eagle things, including the latest T-shirt from uh, our good friend Alex Waldo, who's a fantastic designer. He's got the Best Friends T-shirt, 
with uh, Jason Peters and uh, Jeffrey Laurie just hanging out side by side, <laughs> you know, clapping hands and doing all sorts of fun things. So uh, that being said, gentlemen, uh, we have got a lot of questions to get into as well, but today we're going to focus on, and I feel like because... Jesus, we are sweet, sweet nectar right in the middle of the dead zone. And I, I am blown away by how much draft Twitter just fights about Carson Wentz. And, and it's not even from Eagles fans anymore. It's just infighting. So I'm not even going to touch that stuff because... And th- second of all, I don't think we're addressing the sneaky concerns of this team. We kind of did this around this time last year. And I feel like that there are just some things... That we need to be paying attention to, Jackie. What's the first thing? What's your first sneaky need with this Eagles team? My first sneaky need is um, is the slot cornerback position. Last Ooh. year it was it was Ron Brooks, and I know it's not it's not me saying Ron Brooks is some fantastic player last year, but he was serviceable in the slot corner position, and him going down without a good replacement behind him forced Malcolm Jenkins down into the hole. He had to play there instead of being in safety position. It made the whole defense as a whole. Worse. I mean, after the Vikings game, I think their average points per game was like tw- in the 20s, I'm pretty sure. And before that, it was in the mid-teens, uh, if I remember correctly from my research back in the day when I was trying to come up with the <laughs> Ron Brooks theory. Um, but uh, that's that's one of my the sneaky concerns I have uh, heading into camp. And I think they'll be fine there this year with Ron Brooks. He's coming back from injury. They have Patrick Robinson, if he's, he's not an outside cornerback. Well, he needs to be in the inside. Right. And, as quickly uh, as possible. And, and Jalen Mills, who people think is going to be a good slot cornerback. I'm not 100% sold on that. Um, but I think it's, it's much more, I feel much more confident now, but it's not like a lockdown, stone cold, we got the guy's position. Yeah, I'm not sure Jalen can play uh, the slot either. I would say that's, that's kind of an interesting one. And it, a lot of it, Sean, is because we even saw last year when, you know, Ron Brooks wasn't there. Malcolm Jenkins had to cover in there a lot, and I know, and I've had talked to him in in, uh, in times past where he just said, "Yeah, I actually like playing up there because I don't get bored." But he's not uh, good. Uh, at but it's it. not good at it. So, fortunately, so uh, would you? Uh, do you agree? You think slot corner could be a sneaky concern for the Eagles this year? Yeah, definitely. I think. I mean, it's almost not even sneaky because the whole secondary is probably our biggest concern. But I agree. Out of that, you know, you we we, we generally think about the outside corners, but slot corners probably one of the most important they you know those those slot receivers have a two-way go on every play so you got to have a guy that can be ready to go both ways you don't have the sideline to be your to be your barrier um you know one other sneaky need that i was kind of thinking about was and this i I have to qualify this because but I'm, i'm thinking we may miss there may be times throughout the season where we may miss benny logan um yeah, hey. don't get me wrong. I'm, okay, I'm all right. Excited. I like uh, you. Listen, you're talking to uh, the Benny Logan truther here, so I kind of <laughs> like where this is going. The first podcast, and you're warming up the bar trade? This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> why? Uh, why? Why would uh, the Eagles miss Benny Logan though? Talk dirty to him. Well, I'm, well, I'm I'm super excited about Jernigan, and I would take I would take what Jernigan brings to this system kind of any day over Logan. But there will be times, there will be games. You think about like the Washington game last year, where they were just running the ball down our throats. And there was nothing we can do about it. And I worry about times like that. Jernigan, I, I don't think he's bad versus the run. I think he's pretty good, but he's a little bit smaller. They can kind of wear him down over time. And that's that's kind of right where that all that stuff is right in Benny Logan's wheel, wheelhouse. That's where he was great. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's not a huge concern. I'm, hope, I'm hoping that, you know, Elijah Qualls and Bo Allen can step up and maybe fill that role as rotational guys and be able to play the run a little well. But, um, you know, it's still... It's still a concern. If you get into one of those games, we have a lot of good offensive lines, the Redskins, Cowboys in our division. So 
um, if, if, if you get into one of those games, you're going to need one of those guys to be able to bail you out here on the, th- on the third and short or something like that. Yeah, so. and I, I don't even know if it's an exactly a, a Benny Logan concern, even though I do agree with uh, some of what you're saying there. I do think that people are putting a little too much stock into Timmy. You know, like I love him, and he's going to be great, and he's going to be a fantastic pass rusher. Everybody's real happy about him. I'm excited for that and him being right next to Fletcher Cox. I do think Brandon even went on the morning show and said, oh, yeah, we're going to eat. This this team is going to eat on that defensive line. I'm not so sure. I'm still not sold because we said that a lot last year. We said, oh, my God, this you know this flip and is is really going to open everything up. The players were excited. Everybody else was excited. I don't know. It might take some time still here, Jack. I think so, too. And one of my sneaky concerns on here is a Brandon Graham regression because he was fantastic that? fantastic last year. Uh, one of the leaders on this team, fantastic player. But second half of the year or the last like six games, it just wasn't the same. And I think he got a little bit worn down. And I think because Vinny Curry was basically unplayable, uh, they didn't have they had Connor Barwin trying to play, you know, 4-3 when he's a 3-4 guy. Yeah. So it, it should be better this year with Chris Long, with Derek Barnett, hopefully Vinny Curry. You know, maybe he was actually hurt last year. Um, but I, I am a bit worried about Brandon Graham regression because he's 29, uh, just coming off of a career year where he was kind of ran into the ground. And it, it, once guys get run into the ground in football, it's hard for them to come back from that. And uh, also it'll look bad on me because I said, yeah, you should pay him. <laughs> you should give him Vinny Curry's money. And uh, what are you doing? And if he has like a bad year, then... That's going to get instantly retweeted, and I don't think he's. Terrible. I don't think he's going to have a bad year. It's no, not, not a bad year, but it it could be like if it's if it's the. Are you saying like if it's the same year that he had last year? Same, it, but as a far little as bit like numbers wise. But looks like the first six seven games, he looked like a shot out of a cannon. Yeah, and it, at the end of the year, you just didn't see that. So maybe more of the end of the year just didn't see it. And see if we're putting things together here, and Timmy's getting tired at the end of the year, and you got BG getting tired at the end of the year. Uh, then you're you're really going to have to have Derek Barnett and, and Chris Long and all those guys perform, which is why they're here in the first place. But yeah, I could I could see that. You see any kind of regression with uh, Brandon Graham this year, Sean? I could see it. I, I you know what? It, it's the first time I've really thought about it from that perspective. Um, it's a good point. I think more so than regression, though. I think with with the defensive line as a whole. It, it's going to come down to the situations they're in, right? Like you talked about later in the season, they started to wear down. Well, later in the seasons when everything started falling apart across the board, right? So you had, you know, you're you're down big. Where you're you're trying to come back instead of playing from playing with the lead, and that that's such a huge difference. You know, it's so hard for a defensive lineman. You think about an average play is probably anywhere like uh, an average passing play is probably anywhere from one to four seconds before the quarterback gets the ball out of his hands. And if you have to take that one extra second initially to read run and then to 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 find out it's a pass, that's that's a huge you know that's a huge deal in in trying to get off the ball. So being in those situations kind of limits what you're able to do. You're you're you can't play one way. You have to be wary of both the run and the pass, and it's tiring. You know you 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 get worn out over time, and I think that's what happened a lot last year. And it could. You know, it's it's a sneaky concern. It could happen this year. It d- depends on how the games go, how, what what the game flow is like. Um, you know, it may not be a regression, but they could definitely get tired. You know, that if if they're forced to play in a game like Washington again, where they just get run down all game, that's going to be. You got to come back in the fourth quarter and make a play. That's tough. Absolutely, and and that's why it's. I think it's very crucial, and I think that's the the success still once again kind of goes through. 
the defense here. I mean, Wentz even could uh, could jump out and have that great second year that we're being very optimistic about, but still at the end of the day, if that if that is not improved and it's that second year of, well, this is supposed to be, you know, this wide nine Jim Schwartz offense or the talent or whatever, uh, then you seriously have to take a look at, at everything that's going on there. I, I don't suspect that'll happen, but... Uh, that would really suck if it did, and uh, and a lot of this stuff kind of just goes by the wayside here. Uh, I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to stick with – I'm going to give you two because they're, they're basically tied together. I think that we have completely overrated the Eagles' offensive line. Not talking about the PFF article that everybody was yipped at about and about, you know, the, the first overall – the offensive line coming into this thing. It's just, you know, and, and uh, again, it's it's Jason Peters as well. We're just m- clicking the check mark and saying he's going to be here 16 games. Uh, Jason Kelsey is suddenly much better than uh, than we were yelling at him during the entire season. Lane Johnson uh, is what he is, and, you know, it's not like he, I, I don't think he's actually going to get in trouble despite all the jokes that we make about him. And then it's just kind of in the middle. I have faith that Samal is going to be good. Brandon Brooks is obviously – uh, w- was great last year, and it's just everything else that's going through there. I'm worried that Jason Peters is going to go down, and that'll affect pretty much everything here. I don't think that this offensive line is, is as great as it's 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 being pumped up to be, and I know that Brandon Graham is one of those guys that says it's probably one of the best offensive lines, and he goes up against them every day, but I'm I'm definitely not sold on uh, uh, anywhere close to them being in the in the top five, top six offensive lines this year. Who's starting left guard? Uh, I would say Samalu. Samalu? Mm-hmm. Ike. And, as and, not, and not, I mean, it, yeah, because if, if, if he doesn't progress, which he, I, I think, he, then you're throwing in Warmack. He has never been or good. Or Barber or, or whatever's Wisniewski. going on. It, yeah. it could be a rotating door. So that, and, it's definitely more of a concern than people are making it out to be. I agree. And this is where you start to question everything else, too. And, and trust me, if you're listening to this, like, oh, my God, you guys are nitpicking the hell out of this thing. There's sneaky concerns for a reason. It, listen, it's 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 not July for nothing. The next episode, we're going to do the six things that people aren't excited enough about, and and really really kind of take it uh, to uh, to us here. But that's where I mean, if if you have your third round draft pick not starting, that's a that's bad. Like that's bad to me. Regardless of who's in front of him or how much depth you have in there, that guy should be starting. It's why you gave it to him in the first place. It's why you supposedly have him ready to go for Jason Kelsey as a replacement. And maybe they're kind of waiting on that. It's like they don't want to do bad by Jason, so maybe he takes over the center role if in case he gets hurt or is just so miserably bad. But uh, still, I, I, you're right. Even just with the shuffles of where that could end up, of people going down, pe- guys not performing. And, and Sean, I just, I just feel like we've uh, already said offensive line is good to go when clearly that was like the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, of what we saw last year, and there's not too many pieces that have changed. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, you know, I I, I like the offensive line. I, I kind of agree with you that it's not it's not top five like it's being billed recently. Um, you know, I, I think more so than a concern for me, it, it it maybe just limits how far they can elevate the team as a whole because um, I think there's a floor there, right? Because I think we have – for the first time in forever, we have tons of depth along the the offensive line. It's not like in the the Chip Kelly days where if one guy goes down, the whole thing falls. Um, you know, we have we have guys last year that were able to step in, that were able to be serviceable starters, and not kind of, I mean, it, with the exception of Vitae for that one week. But you know, for the most part, we have guys that can step in. So I think, and with that huge competition that's going to be happening in camp, 
know, I feel like for the first time, the winner of the competition might actually be a good player as opposed to just the the best of the worst. Um, so I'm confident in the floor. I'm confident in the, their ability with their depth to be able to continue on if something were to happen. But I agree. I'm not. I'm not as high on the Eagles offensive line as everyone else is. I, I think it's good. I think it's arguably top 10. I think it's right in there, 10, 8, something like that. But I don't think it's a top five like like everyone's built it to be. And, Sean, we'll uh, we'll leave it uh, back to you here because I, I think we're at six between everything that we've mentioned so far. So I'm going to count Jason Peters and the offensive line as two different things uh, going into this. But what was another a sneaky concern uh, for you, Sean? So – I hate to take the easy way out because injuries are always concerning, but there's two guys I want to point out, and and they're they're big names, but Jordan Hicks I think is maybe the most the guy I'm most scared about. If if he were to get injured, you know Jim Schwartz defense the way it's designed, and and this is we, we obviously know that Jordan Hicks is a great player, so that that's we know that already. Um, but the way Jim Schwartz's defense is designed, it all falls on that linebacker. You know, we, the the defensive line gets to be aggressive. And what's the downfall to being aggressive? You can lose. You can lose your gamble. And when they lose, you need that guy back there that can clean it up. You need that smart player that can work through the trash and make all the tackles. And Jordan Hicks is exactly that guy. And, oh, by the way, he's awesome at it. Um, <laughs> so if Also he, awesome at breaking his finger in the pool. So it's kind of already <laughs> happened. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's true. So, but if he if, if he were to go down, I, I'm I'm really scared. And he, you kind of look at who who's going to replace him. Um, you know, I, I don't really know. Najee good. Maybe Joe Walker steps up in camp. He looked okay last preseason. Um, you know, we'll see. But that's that's really scary to me. And then on the offensive side, this is this is kind of obvious. We're really excited now about the receiving core. But if you think about it, if Alshon Jeffrey goes down or is out for a while. That still sucks. We're kind, of, we're kind of back to where we started. Yeah, and, the, and that and that really depends on like how good that Mac Hollins could contribute right away, and that's pretty much it. Because right. uh, Gibson's not going to be active, boys and girls. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen unless there's some dramatic turnaround. He needs he needs a lot of time to kind of sit and wait there, and that also means that it's Nelson Aguilar time. Which uh, hey, guess what? <laughs> it, it doesn't sound great, you know. It, it, and uh, even though we're all rooting for him, and you know he's he's looked pretty good in OTAs and things like that, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that gets talked about enough either. Like Alshon's just going to be fine, and there's going to be you know five thousand touchdowns going along there. We've talked about this. We he's going to be perfectly fine because he's going by Alshon. <laughs> yeah, not Al. It's not Al. It's Alshon. He's fine. He's perfectly fine. Also, notice that uh, Sean also went with the we in, and that's right Thank up you. your alley. So. Thank you, Sean. It's his, uh, this is the trust tree, and obviously, uh, as I didn't mention before, Jack Fritz and his new Counterpoint podcast is probably actually out by the time you've you've listened to this, so make sure uh, to go check uh, that out as well. And yeah, I, I, I think these things are all valid, and I actually think that, you know, I don't think there's anything that's uh, that's been said that's kind of crazy here. I think this is just all legitimate things that people are just kind of saying, yeah, okay, uh, this is how it's going to be, and... And maybe it's, maybe well, it's, it's not. It's, 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 you know? it's, it's July. We're all going to be excited about the Eagles. We're not going to focus on the negative things. We worry about the negative things in week 12. Exactly. You know? we, we, we're all positive, all positive. Everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be perfect. And then once it all starts, we will notice everything that goes <laughs> like, wrong. Oh, yeah. Hey, how about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, why didn't we talk about that? And then you feel stupid. And then I hate feeling stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid never feels uh, feels good. As uh, Trust me. Uh, trying to defend Sam Bradford. I've never felt stupider. Uh, so uh, there's been... Uh, uh, again, not uh, not Good too Ferd. not too many uh, 
news and notes that are happening here, but uh, our good friend Malcolm Jenkins was interviewed on the ESPYs uh, last night. I've never been to Capitol Hill, especially to speak about things like cap- criminal justice reform, and we went uh, during the season, myself, Anquan Bolden, about four other guys, and, and we came back. So we spent four days meeting from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., uh, members across you know each aisle, and uh, it, it was it was a learning experience, but also it was good to be heard. So uh, yeah, just talking uh, with the uh, I think it was uh, whoever does the Sports Center at six o'clock now. Uh, was it, was it uh, Jamil Hill? Yes, Hill that's right. That's exactly right. They the were six? just sitting there uh, and hanging out. And of course, uh, Carson Wentz was on the morning show uh, on uh, WIP this morning. Individually, I mean, everything's all about wins and losses. You know, team, individually, that's that's all I really ever think about and care about. So I mean, we have high expectations around this. We, we hope and we expect to, to be playing in January and then to, to see what happens. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. And our goal is to win the NFC East, and we believe we have the guys to do it. But we just got to now go, go put the work in and um, go make things happen. And uh, mentioned his experience as all of, uh, I think, the wide receivers receivers and him came back from North Dakota. Just getting the the opportunity to to get the team reps. Obviously, you can throw routes on air and do those things all you want, but this spring, getting those team reps, those valuable reps with with, uh, with a lot of the guys, the the new rookie guys, the free agents that we signed, and and everything in between. You know, I'm really liking where we're at, and still a process. Still process, but training camp's right around the corner, and honestly, I can't wait to, to get back there. Which honestly leads me to believe that um, every single reporter, the first, even though he's expressed it already, as far as how the relationship is going, that is two weeks of just questioning the wide receivers. How's the relationship going with Carson Wentz? How's the relationship going with Carson Wentz? It's it's insane to me how many reporters ask that question. And Angelo also asked them, uh, the Eagles went out and got you help this year. Uh, how does it, how much different does it feel? Like, does he, do you feel better heading into the off season? And he paused for like five seconds, and he was like, really, obviously thinking about it. I was like, yeah, but like, obviously, I want to get the guys credit last year. But then he was just like, he's like, yeah, it's much better, basically. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a lot better. Uh, Did you see who my number two was last year? That yeah. would be Oriel Greenbeck. What if he what if he just ripped Greenbeck? What if he was just like, yeah? Do you see who I was working with last yeah, year? Yeah, it's just like, did you see this fucking guy? <laughs> Did you see our new wide receiver coach yelling at him the entire OTAs? Yeah, I'm fucking happy. Did you see number 17? Yeah. Yeah. Now, that was DGB last year. <laughs> Angelo. Yeah. No no big deal. Open your fucking eyes. That would be so awesome if he just oh my God. turned turned all of a sudden and just snapped out of it. It's like, I'm sorry. <clears throat> God bless. Uh, yeah. Just like uh, uh, old school. Yeah. Like uh, Will Ferrell. I would love that if he snapped out. Sean, you ready for some questions, buddy? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, from our good friend Stephen Lee. He's got a couple of good over and unders. Uh, over under Donnell Pumphrey, 350 all-purpose yards. Torrey Smith, 750 yards. Over under on uh, either one of those. I'm gonna. Ha- I'm a huge Pumphrey fan, but I'm gonna have to go under. I just feel like he's gonna wow. be with with Darren Sproles. I feel like I feel like there's so many weapons in this offense, and you know you have Ertz, you have Burton and Selleck, and then you have all the receivers, and you got Sproles. It's gonna be tough to to get the ball. I mean, maybe if he gets a few big runs, maybe he gets the, the yards, but I'm going to say, um, oh, wait, are we, we're saying all purpose, All right? purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Then, then I'll say over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's going <laughs> to say, yeah, I think that's going to be in the returner. Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy over for me. 350 yards altogether. Yeah. Agreed. And I think Tory's going over as well. Uh, I don't know. I, that's a, 750 on Tory is like right on the line. Yeah. It's a, it's so a great it's, line. So if we're talking about gambling. That's a, Stephen knows his his lines. Yes, he does. I'm going to take the under, just slightly. I'm going to say because he gets like guys, 700. 
Did you guys see there there was a projection um, that Johnny Page did? He had he somehow got some projection tool, some Excel tool, and he did a projection for the Eagles. And it was all it was all done pretty pretty fairly. It was you know they they based off of last year's stats and then kind of extrapolated a couple things, completion percentage, and basically got up to what Wentz's yards and, and attempts would be. And then he kind of split that out by by market share and stuff. And it was shocking how like it was really hard for him to get certain guys. Like he had Jordan Matthews at 400 yards and he couldn't <laughs> change it. And he, he was trying to play with things, but he just couldn't do it. There's just so many mouths to feed on this offense. Um, and then you have Alshon who hopefully gets a lot of it. So yes, it's, it's going to be tough for the other guys. So if uh, by way. that projection module and you have Jordan Matthews getting 400 yards, I just got to say, hmm, <laughs> you know, I'm just – as much as we speculate about that, and look, it obviously looks like he's not going to get traded, but if he only ends up with four or 500 yards, I mean, come on. Would you bring him? What would his value be then, like, I on don't a contract? Know. That would be so hard to, I mean, like, between him and his agent, that would be just a massive well, infighting. It, it would just be like, if you're looking at it realistically, it's like, everyone here, while you were the number one receiver, we all knew you weren't that good, but we get you had counting stats. And now we get your real what your real stats would be with actual receivers around you, and this is what your actual value would be. So he's not going to get the fifty million, <laughs> like what, like thirty million? I don't know. It, it, that's that'd be a tough question. Yeah, it would be it would be tough because everybody would then just assume it's like, oh, we'll just take cheap money because he didn't perform that well. It's like, ah, I don't know. I just think one way or another, he's not going to be here uh, next year, whether they don't, don't resign him or they you know do something uh, towards the end of uh, the preseason here. Uh, also, follow up over under from Stephen Lee. Jack Zach Ertz six touchdowns, Jordan Hicks three interceptions. I'm going to take the over on touchdowns with Ertz. I'm taking the over on touchdowns with so Ertz. I think he's like seven, and the under on Hicks because I'm not sure he has fingers. Right? Uh, I, that's true. I <laughs> I will. Uh, there's. I'll take the uh, man. I'll take the over on Hicks only if Mark Sanchez is starting Chicago <laughs> when okay. they play each other because okay. he had two last year against Sanchez. So I, I would say that Sean over under Hicks three interceptions next year. Uh, I gotta say, under he just gets too many of those. I feel like he's he's got to have one year where he doesn't breach that. I'm all in on the Ertz train this year, though, so over for me on the Ertz touchdowns. Uh, from our a good friend uh, and uh, colleague, who is our uh, on-air road producer, Mr. Brian Coulter, is the Sixers uh, Sixers rumored trip to the UK uh, a result of your plans to visit? And I got to say yes because we all, you know, uh, for speaking of Johnny Page and those guys, he, they they joined up on the BGN Radio UK Facebook group, which you can go search and find, and we're all there just discussing and having fun. I even posted that in there, saying like, maybe we need to go see the Sixers in London in January. So we're thinking about it. If you're uh, anywhere around London, go join the group, and uh, we'll have uh, a, a lot of fun together. Uh, Sean, who is your least favorite Philadelphia sports star? This is coming from. Uh, Geo Moore at 96 at Geo Moore 96 least favorite Philadelphia sports star this was a tough one because um, there's nobody I really dislike and but I guess if I have to pick one I guess I have to say Drew uh, just because wow. he just kind of I don't know he, he just he just didn't I, I just thought he was more than he was and that's not really his fault but and I, I like him as a guy I like him as a player uh, but if you're making me pick him versus Wentz or Embiid or any of those guys, it's got to be Drew. Uh, what do you think, Jack? Most hated, like Philadelphia star. Current, like currently, current, it, a past and present. I think we're gonna go here. Past and present. Yeah, yeah. Because, because like right now, there's just like no one that's hateable. Besides, yeah, not I mean, exactly. Like Okafor is not a star. 
So like, <laughs> so yeah. uh, least favorite athlete in Philly. That was a star, though. It's not like we can. It's easy to pick on, like you know. I don't know. No, I agree. I think I think my least favorite Mickey Morandini or whoever. Right. I would probably go Papelbon because he he's our all time. I think it's embarrassing that he's the all time leader in saves. Like <laughs> I wish anyone else is the all time leader in saves. And like when he grabbed his crotch and looked, like he was just an asshole. I I could I, yeah Papelbon. Yeah. He, he, technically, he is a star because he's our all time leader in saves. And you know. Adding fifty-eight cents to your contract because you're such a psychopath about the number fifty-eight <laughs> is such a douchebag move. I, I I couldn't stand it. Let's see, Sidney Crosby did that. Connor McDavid has done that now. With this, like for with the, the number? Numbers. Oh yeah. That's Why? Like they stick with eighty-seven somewhere in there, and they stick with you know, I forget what Connor McDavid's thing is, ninety-seven, ninety-one, whatever it is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I I would say that I'll stick with baseball because uh, uh, I still couldn't get rid of it in it. There goes Bobby Abreu. He drops another one in right field. And they're you know, like, Bobby, Bobby Abreu is pretty annoying. So I'll go with that. Uh, I, and see, this is interesting because I don't know if uh, I definitely know uh, you probably don't like either one of these bands. And Sean, I'm not sure. This is from Matt Golden. Which band is better, Jack? Is it Tool or is it Mastodon? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I don't. I don't know any one of those. Listen, Jack Fritz is know, a uh, is I a. I only know Tool, so I got to say Tool. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say that's a draw. I'm just a Tool. Uh, uh, although no, I I couldn't I couldn't I I have to say Tool for, without a doubt. So uh, if you could bring back one historic Eagles player, Jack, uh, and put them on this roster this year, who would it be? That's coming from Frank uh, Fuchtman. Uh, Reggie. Yeah, Reggie White would be amazing right now. I mean, just Fletcher Cox and Reggie and Timmy Jernigan and, yeah, game over. Yeah, just make the the ultimate uh, defensive line. Uh, Sean, who do you have uh, for a historic Eagles player? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Westbrook just because the running back situation. I feel like he'd, he'd be the biggest bang for our buck. It was between him and him and T.O. And Dawkins, obviously, would be my first choice almost any other day. But we have kind of safety locked down, at least for now. So Westbrook is probably my guy. Sheldon Brown, please and thank you. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, could you just like stick stick him and Razul Douglas together, and we'll be all yeah. We'll but, but why not like Vincent or Bobby Taylor? I'm or... Going need, and I'm going immediate things that made me have fun. Okay. <laughs> and Sheldon Brown. John, speaking of, I'm surprised you didn't take Tim Halk from your, <laughs> your Marigos take. Oh my goodness. Speaking of old Eagles cornerbacks, I've heard Lido shuffle the last like three days on yeah. on MGK. It makes me so happy every time because I just think about <laughs> Lido and the whole link. Going nuts, Toledo. <laughs> uh, Sean, we're going to test your fantasy football name knowledge because uh, James at James Myers, nineteen ninety one, needs your best Eagles fantasy football name. So this wasn't a team name, but I was in a league called My Ball Zach Ertz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, <laughs> My Ball Zach Ertz. I think that's. A, I'm it, not going to be able to top that. It hurts when I pee. It hurts when I pee. Basically, <laughs> anything that Zach Ertz, I think you'll be okay there, James. Uh, from our old friend Tom Foti, uh, we we miss you, pal. Uh, producer at uh, WIP goes. Sometimes when I wipe, I wipe and I wipe and I wipe and I wipe. Still poop, still <laughs> poop. It's like I'm wiping a marker. He's got hot snakes. <laughs> so I'm I'm uh, <laughs> yeah, hot snakes are the worst. And Jack, I need your best wiping uh, advice and techniques. Funny story, I have the same exact problem. I have not pooped solid in like a couple years. 
What? Yeah, no, nothing. Even over and over and over. Just hot and wet. And yeah, well, now that I work the morning show, I never get the full like sleep schedule in. Oh yeah, so, so I wake your, up. Your cycles all. So I wake. Up. I wake up mid sleep. I never get REM sleep. I wake up mid REM sleep, so my body's still adjusting to all that. So like the whole the whole <laughs> five o'clock hour, I'm pretty much in that bathroom. But wow. yeah, but wiping wiping wise, it's just like I'm having that problem now. And uh, I, me and Tom Foti are in the same boat, and maybe it's because we were both producers here. It could be, and that's and that's why. And I got to just tell you, uh, the best the best wiping solution is before you wipe. All right, I'm going to teach you the diamond technique, and I know it sounds goofy and it sounds silly, but it works. What you got to do is make the diamond Dallas page, or if you're a little hipper, the Jay Z Rockefeller sign. Right, got to do one of these. Okay, and then you have to put it over your head like this. So you're trying making a a straight line, so it lines up with like if you tip your head down. It's like you're diving into a pool. Yeah, like you're diving into a pool, and just like that, and that will help the straight line of poo come out. So clean, good straight line speed. Good straight line speed, cool. whether it's wet or whether it's solid. <laughs> bang, it just comes out, and there's no like aftermath. You is know, it, sometimes it gets cut off, and that's when the marker poop really starts to roll in there. Is it explosive off the line, or is it a little bit, <laughs> lo, a slow first step? It's a, there's a slow first step, and then boom. Okay, so he's like Barnett. Yeah, it's like it's it's like a, a tester, and then oh my god, here it comes. So it's Barnett. Yeah, it's Barnett. It's, cool. it's, it's a good. it's a one quick shuffle and a bang bang. I would also recommend uh, what's the potty stool. Uh, they, there is a uh, yeah shit. It was on Shark Tank. Whatever those <laughs> shit, are, really. whatever those are, it helps. It brings your knees up too. So, like, if you do that plus the diamond technique, I'm, oh. I'm talking, fellas, ladies, everyone listening out there, your anus is gonna be so clean. Do you do that so, every so time? Clean. Yeah, absolutely. Every wow, time. that's interesting. There's, because uh, you know, sometimes you know, we're both here at the station, so we gotta. <laughs> We got to hurry it up. Well, desperate times call yeah. for desperate measures. Now, of course. Yeah. Thankfully, I haven't in the year that have, we've been here now. I, I I haven't been able to. I don't have to do that. Yeah, of course. But it's always there. I've been doing that for a long time. Bar business, whatever. Just a bunch of customers. Sometimes you got to take a dump. Got to get it out quick. Don't want to well, mess. Well, apparent, it's the best part apparently, of Americans have been doing it all wrong for years. I think the the way you're tip like actually supposed to do it is the, the kind of the squat method if you go when yeah, I was exactly. in, when I was in the military you see on my deployments you see um in, in the Middle East everybody would squat like they squat around trees on their lunch breaks and they just sit there comfortably and I'm like how the hell do they do that and I guess you just get used to it but that's that's the way I, I guess that's what you get with the with the stool you get that little yeah the squatty potty that's what I meant to say exactly right so it it does the same thing, so you can still sit comfortably, but still put you in that in that type of position. So I'm glad we got to talk about poop in the middle of July because it's needed. <laughs> Some you might be going out in the summer, you know. You need to you need the best abilities to kind of go and do that. So uh, we will switch over to uh, Nader G, who chimes in here, Jack. Which player on the roster are you actively working against? Is actively working against the team's success? <laughs> um. Yeah, he well, he plural. It could be it could be multiple, not just one. But working against the team. Yeah, success. what is who's who's working against the team success being on that field? Man, it used to be Aguilar, but I'm actually talking myself into <laughs> Aguilar, so it's like no longer him. Uh, Selleck, Brent Selleck. Wow, that's a. Uh, would you agree with that, Sean? You going somewhere else? I was going to say because it's off season and everybody's good in the off season. Um, Vinny Curry is the only one I can think of because he's his contract is actively working against the success of our team. So, you ready for this one, fellas? Fire up the oven, Jalen Mills. 
Oh, my God. Jalen Mills is actively working against this football team. I, I, and I still, you're going to see it again this year. I'm still befuddled. I don't understand the, the, the Jalen Mills love. I don't get it either. I think I, really I think don't. he could be good, but people thinking he's going to be this number one shutdown cornerback. I still I just don't see it. I, you know, I'm I my mind's not even there. I'm debating two. I don't know if he's a two. I have no idea. I think he's a three. I think he. Yeah, I, I think, I, I think a, his ceiling is a three rotational on a good team. I don't think he can play sixteen games. I don't, think, I don't think so either. I think he's a good filling guy and, and things like that. I think you will see that. Uh, I think it can even even in his deficiencies though. That's what I'm saying. Like he can look good. If the defensive line is good, so it's more more concern about that. Uh, uh, once again, this is from Andrew uh, Southworth, who is also saying uh, Lisbon for life. When I was mentioning SoundCloud stuff, so thank you very much, Andrew. Do you call them sneakers or do you call them tennis shoes? Uh, and why is tennis shoes wrong, uh, Sean? I'll leave that up to you. I'm going to ask a question back and say. Where did where did calling it tennis shoes come from? Like that just seems like the most pretentious. Like after you 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 finish your cup of tea and go out, put your tennis tennis shoes on and play some tennis. I don't I don't know anybody that that plays tennis personally that I can think <laughs> of off the top of my head. So I I can't. There's no reason for me to call them tennis shoes. They just they they're sneakers for me. Yeah, I haven't called them tennis shoes since I was a kid, but I uh, I definitely called them tennis. What shoes. kind of psychopath calls them tennis shoes? Uh, like we did back in the uh, in the late '80s and early '90s, they were tennis shoes. They weren't but, sneakers. But millennials are the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody calls them tennis shoes now. No, I'm just saying. No. I, so it's wrong because you're living in 1989. I played tennis saying. and I didn't wear. I didn't it, call them tennis shoes. Bullshit. Could it be a location thing, like I soda and pop sneakers. in the Midwest? It might be. Oh yeah, the pop sounds horrendous now to me. Like I can, <laughs> I, I make fun of everybody, what? even though I called it pop when I was a kid. I saying pop instead yeah, of soda. I hate it. It's so annoying. God. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, well, uh, let's see. Uh, our good friend Jack has to uh, take off here in a little bit. So we're going to our friend uh, Joel Bryant. Uh, we couldn't. I didn't have enough time to try and match up Eagles players to Star Wars characters, and these two yokels over here, for some reason, have not watched really a lot of the Star Wars franchise, which I'm baffled by. I will say goddamn millennials when it comes to that. <laughs> uh, but uh, talk about how great Spider-Man, which I haven't seen. I heard it's amazing. And Baby Driver. Uh, Sean, have you seen either one of those? I haven't seen the new Spider-Man. I've seen the old ones. I, I like the, um, uh, I can't remember his name now, Toby Toby Maguire. I, I like the, the Toby Maguire Spider-Mans. I haven't seen Baby Driver, though, so I can't really make the comparison. Uh, Baby Driver, to me, was amazing. As Jack Fritz is saying goodbye, he's not even going to say goodbye to the mic. Good Lord. He's got to go uh, golf <laughs> and, I'm a, and I'm do a, things. I'm a new Star Wars guy. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen the old ones, so I'll leave with that. Okay. All right. See ya, pal. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would say Baby Driver is probably one of the best action movies I've seen in a very long time. And uh, basically it's uh, – the shortened version is it's it's a kid who is uh, – had gone through some stuff and is working for Kevin Spacey as a, as a former debt, and he's one of the best, like, you know, uh, escape drivers that you've ever seen in your life. And it's just a really fun – Amazing action movie. I highly recommend seeing it. I, I've seen it twice already. I haven't seen Spider-Man, but uh, John Johnson was raving over it. Absolutely surprised that uh, that it was so good and things like that. So uh, for some summertime uh, movie watching, you will not be disappointed with either one of those, it, uh, it, it, uh, apparently. Uh, well, I'm sold on Kevin Spacey, so Kevin Spacey's <laughs> in it, that wins. Uh, it, does it uh, bother you that Jalen Mills' hair color is closer to the OG Kelly Green then the Midnight Green Show. This is coming from our good friend Alexis Chasson. 
No, I actually like that. I like if anything that can possibly get us closer, if Jeffrey Lurie somehow sees that hair and, and wants to, and, and it, he kind of reminisces of the old days, anything that can get us closer to, to Kelly Green is a, is a win in my book. So I like that it's not the, the, cur- the current version. <laughs> yeah, I'm, okay. I'm very much okay with that um, as well. Which quarterback, this is from uh, Matt Gumbrecht, uh, which of the non-QB you know QB franchises would you build as your building block? And essentially Matt's asking, all the guys that are under 25, who are you starting uh, your franchise with at the at the QB position here? Well, we can't say Wentz, right, because he sucks apparently. He, He's I terrible. We'll have to start with, um, I got to say Mariota, I guess, the truest eagle. Yeah, I'm having a. T- I'm still having a tough time to to go in between him and Winston, um, if you were tr- uh, you know trying to do that there. And I, man, I think I got to stick with Mariota too, just because of you know the. I I just fear about the injury bug with Mariota. That's really the only yeah, thing, and that's going to sure. continue on. So, um, I you know I really like what Winston has done, but I think it's it's a pretty easy uh, Mariota winner. Not that we would answer anything else. In this town, of course. Uh, well, I guess we're we're gonna leave it nice and short and sweet for this uh, BGN Radio two forty five. Uh, once again, I want to thank uh, Jack Fritz for hanging out and joining with us, and uh, Sean for hanging on. And we'll get his final thoughts in a second. Uh, I can't believe I didn't mention this at the beginning, but we are going to start BGN Radio daily, and that is going to be so so much fun. As uh, it'll be on Facebook Live and Mixler, and some of the guys can't get to the Facebook Live. Uh, during their current location, so uh, some of it will just be straight audio, but you can still hear it live anyway, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Our lineup's going to be Monday. It's going to be the man in charge of everything, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton, of course, Teron Davenport, once again is going to join me on WIP on Saturday evening from 4 to 6. Then you have the Ben Natan himself on Wednesdays, and he's going to mix it up with, you know, obviously some Eagle stock as well, but also kind of keep you uh, uh, informed of what's happening in the college football world as that's going on. James and I are going to do it on Thursday. And then, of course, the the man you just heard uh, leave the studio, Jack Fritz, is going to do it on Friday. It'll all be on one feed along with every single thing that we do. So, uh, again, depending on what SoundCloud does here is we're all just kind of sitting here and praying and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we don't have to transfer over uh, anything too crazy here. That's all going to be on a separate feed that we will announce and tell you to go download. Uh, and if you are listening to this right now, and just like to feed the way it is and don't want all the extra content, uh, this will remain the same. We might just do some, you know, a promotion for a month and have everything run through both feeds just so you can get an idea of what we're talking about here and then just kind of ease off uh, after a while and just leave uh, leave things where they are. So it's going to be really exciting. Once again, go to the BGN Radio Store, help us out there, become a Patreon subscriber, be a producer of the show because, folks, the season is coming up. And if you want to be a part of the podcast there is uh, tears to donate to do all of that fun stuff. So, Sean, uh, final thoughts from you, my friend. Just going back, I guess, to the to the original theme, the the sneaky concerns. The one thing that outside of you know the the roster or any of the players is when I look at that first four games of the season, um, it's it's tough. Like I just have this weird feeling about the Redskins. They're just in such disarray that we could go down there. Maybe you know we have all these new guys. Maybe we're not ready to play. And they're just they're just down there bonding, thinking like everyone else thinks we're in disarray. We're gonna kick everyone's ass, and and just not not kill us, but maybe beat us down there. And then we we go to the Chiefs. There's a and so you could play out this scenario where we're zero and two, coming back, and we we're playing the Giants now. Who the Giants are, what they are, but 
you know, they have some weapons that it, it, just think about that for a second. That's kind of a scary thought. The thought of having that's a must win game in game three against a team that you never know what's going to happen. So that that thought was kind of scary to me. That's kind of where I, where I wanted to leave it. That's one extra <laughs> one extra scary thought. I would actually almost prefer it to start out that way. Because I want everybody to sure. – I, I want this team to just freaking just start so terribly and end really, really well for once. I'd like the the, the flip in the transition would be uh, very nice. So that's going to do it for BGN Radio episode number 245 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. BGN Radio.